All right, everybody, welcome to Talking Taker, episode number 61 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. My name is Alex Dorio. I am one of your co-hosts, one of the creatures of the night, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, the man chugging down at Dr. Pepper right now. Some people call him the big shot, some call him the big nasty. Some call him the hardest of the hard men. I call him Mr. Travis White. How you doing there, buddy? <laughs> I'm great, man. Uh, got all those nicknames from 1999. So. <laughs> you earned them. Oh, man. Yeah. Some call me the little show because my brother's Paul White, which is the big show's name. So, yeah, exactly. Have we, have we talked about that? Have we talked about your brother getting prank called as the big show before? I I feel like we mentioned it, but maybe not. If we haven't, let's just go ahead and say it from right now. So one time in like, I don't know, I guess 99 or 2000, it had to have been 99 because he wasn't the big show until then. Right. My phone rings and it goes to Georgia. I answer and the other person on the other end of the line goes, yo, is this the big show? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> is this the big show? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. We're gone. So that's it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, Paul White is they. Our name spelled a little differently than W I G H T. So anyway, yeah. but you know, kudos to that person. They probably were calling from Aiken. Yeah, it's conceivable. Know. Yeah, you know, Aiken, South Carolina. It is forty-five <laughs> minutes down the road. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, there we go. I'm a little show. So. Well, that's a great segue because we are talking about the big show tonight, or today, or this morning. Whenever you're listening to this, we're talking about. The Big Show in his tag team run with our man, The Undertaker, as they form this unholy union to go after the tag team championships of the world against X-Pac and Kane here at SummerSlam 99. That's our match of the night that we're discussing on this journey through every single one of The Undertaker's pay-per-view matches. And it's kind of a bittersweet one because it's going to be the last pay-per-view match of this initial nine-year run as the dead man undertaker character and dude it's a heck of a one to go out on in my opinion this is this is some of the most fun stuff we've covered in a long time dude it's uh, to me it's just great to be out of the ministry of darkness cloud and shadow that we've been in for uh what nine ten months now Oh, yeah. I remember mentioning, I can't remember if it was while we were recording, but a few episodes ago, just saying, man, I really look forward to getting to the big show stuff. Because I remember even in 99 being like, hallelujah, thank God we're on to something else. Ministry is, you know, come and gone and Taker is fun again. Uh, I love him and the big show together. I don't know why, but when I went back and watched all this build, I remember why. It's just so much fun. We'll try to keep this under uh, six hours. <laughs> we talk, we, I feel like talking about this build forever man this is so much fun so much to talk about so much cool stuff and just uh, yeah it's just it's just a we're both in good better moods than we have been in the last 10 months recording or the last 10 months of you know 1999 recording because this is fun stuff we don't have to poke holes in too many storylines here so dude i could do a two-hour podcast on the first five minutes of this first episode of raw that we're gonna get to <laughs> man it is, it's my favorite uh, thing that i've seen in uh in over a year uh, of this build man uh, i can't wait but uh before we do get into this episode i just want to say real quick that you know the undertaker did have a match his fourth match of the year in 
2018, his longest match in a very long time at the Super Showdown or the SmackDown Under, as we've been calling it. And, uh, of course, we'll get to that on this show uh, some someday down the road, hopefully. But uh, we, we did record a few uh, quick and dirty thoughts on that, on that matchup and on the, I guess, the announcement of the big Crown Jewel matchup of, of the tag team reunion of Degeneration X and against the Brothers of Destruction. And that is going to be exclusively available on our YouTube channel. So if you go over to YouTube, just search for Talking Taker. That video should come up on there. It's just, you know, a few minutes of thoughts on that match. A quick recap, early thoughts before we do our long-term, more thorough analysis on the podcast later on down the road. So you can subscribe over there exclusively for that if you want to hear what we thought about this weekend's matchup. But for now, let's take the time traveling hearse back to a much simpler time of 1999. Uh, (laughs) Right? Uh, It's the final gasps of Vince Russo's time in the WWF. It's the yeah. the era of the Ministry of Darkness has apparently ended, as we're going to talk about here, and we're going to pick up the night after Fully Loaded <laughs> uh, on July 26, 1999. Well, it is indeed a good day, mate, because we've got the end of an era, you know, coming here. It's Raw 322 on July 26, 99. It's the night after that end of an era match. Where, again, I mentioned last week, the WWF conveniently forgot to mention and remind us that Taker was supposed to be gone if he lost that match. That happened last week's episode of Raw, and they edited it out of the recap on on the build on the pay-per-view. And, yeah, they're just supposed to forget that. I guess most of us fans were too stupid enough to – or they thought we were too stupid to remember that. So, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) uh, it's okay. I'm kind of glad that didn't happen because Uh, we wouldn't have this phenomenal open. And since – you know, I'm a fan of this too, but I really want you to go ahead and take this open for us here because right. you are, really love this. So yeah, t- tell us how this show opens, man. So the show starts, this is Raw episode 322 on the WWE Network. It's The Undertaker immediately. We see Undertaker backstage just beating the crap out of X-Pac and Road Dog, <laughs> And it makes sense. This is what I'm, I'm going to yep. say about all this. This whole opening segment, this whole episode, everything makes sense. Which is why it's just such a huge breath of fresh air from... Mm-hmm. All these plot holes that we've been poking in everything for the past few episodes. Undertaker's frustrated. He lost the championship to Austin. Uh, he lost it on, on episode of Raw, but he lost the big end of an era match. He, he's frustrated with how everything's been going. And X-Pac is the guy that cost him the match last night. So right. he's not going to wait around. He's not going to interfere in X-Pac's match. He's gonna just going to beat the mess out of him here at the beginning <laughs> of Raw. And he's so mad, he even throws this uh, Hanson's energy drink cooler at him, which we're going to see a lot more of here on these few episodes. It's X-Pac's new sponsor, I guess, this energy it's, drink. Dude. It's like watching a Michael Bay movie, man. It's like product placement everywhere. <laughs> it's this energy drink, dude. WCW had Surge and uh, WWE had Hanson's, which I don't know if I've ever actually seen. I'm sure it doesn't exist anymore. It's just like, mmm, bop, it's good or something anyway. (laughs) But I think it's spelled differently. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Undertaker drags X-Pac from the back into the arena, just continues to pummel him and murder him out there uh, before Kane finally comes out to make the save. But... Undertaker doesn't run away. He stands his ground. He starts brawling with Kane yep. in the ring, too. And it just gets a big reaction from the crowd. Uh, the yeah, crowd is anytime they go toe-to-toe, they love it. Yes, they're super into Kane. They're super into X-Pac. They're into Undertaker. And it's just 
these big nasty dudes beating the crap out of each other. Uh, so that's all awesome. Then Big Show comes out, who we saw last night at Fully Loaded, join up with The Undertaker. He joins Undertaker's side, and they leave Kane and X-Pac laying in the ring. They just do a huge, massive beatdown on him. Uh, the crowd is chanting for Austin this whole time, and uh, I, he's not in the building, we find out later on, but I was thinking, right. dude, if Austin is in the building, kind of a jerk move to not come out there and help X-Pac because the, uh, <laughs> he helped you win the title last night or, or retain the title, right. I guess. But uh, it's just, you know, uh, he wasn't actually there. So, yeah, Taker and Big Show shake hands and get a huge heel yeah. reaction here as they begin their unholy alliance, unholy union, whatever you want to call it. And I just, I love <laughs> this whole thing, man. I call it a blessed union of souls. That's what I would call it. <laughs> what a, what I think, an opportunity. To... <laughs> I think that was taken. It might have a copyright issue there. He likes me for me. That's when they could have gone. <laughs> <laughs> if any of you guys know what I'm talking about, please tweet us because I mean, that's a little nugget you got to dig up from your past. So, hey, yeah, man, I, <laughs> in all seriousness, man, this stuff was awesome. I loved it. If I had to nitpick anything, it goes on for a long time. But that's a surefire way to get heat, though. You know, like you're beating him because X-Pac, he plays a ragdoll. You know, like he gets the crap beat out of him. He sells. He's probably not actually selling. It probably hurts like like crazy getting choke slammed by these dudes because he's a little dude at this point. Um, So, yeah, but, yeah, we want Austin. Kind of sucks he doesn't come out. But, you know, we learned he's not there yet. So um, it's great, man. I loved all of it. Um, Taker's... Not that slow, methodical Emperor Palpatine guy that he has been. You know, yes. he, he's he's kind of like almost um, that mid '97, uh, you know, like SummerSlam '97. All his stuff with with Sean, all that kind of stuff. He's kind of like he reminds me of that kind of era where he's um, just a little more real. You know, it feels more real, authentic. He just a, he's just a guy who is angry because he lost the match. You know, the night before he's taken out his frustration. Like you said, it's just great stuff, man. Great stuff. This right here, this one segment right here felt more real, quote unquote, than all of this crap that we've been talking about with the Ministry of Darkness where they were breaking character and being real and and getting to (laughs) the real mark. This felt more real (laughs) because it's a dude who's pissed off about losing and he takes his and he's a heel. He's a bad guy. So he takes his frustrations out on this little tiny guy smaller than him. He looks like a jerk. He looks like a coward. He doesn't wait around to do it. And that, that felt real and it felt awesome. And it got big show and undertaker immediately over Mm -hmm. as this major force to be reckoned with too. And my favorite part of all this is that it was accomplished without one word being said. There's no 20-minute promo, just a fight between four dudes, and now I am hyped for this tag team match after one segment, more so than any other thing that we've done in I don't know how long, because it's just four dudes who hate each other, who are going to beat the crap out of each other. That's what I want (laughs) wrestling to be. Yeah, it, dude, this feels more wrestling than sports entertainment. Yes. You know what I'm saying? This is more NWA 1980s or Mid South stuff. You know, like they had good promos, obviously, because you got Dusty and Flair. But like most of their talking was done in the ring. You know, and that's what this is exactly right here. So you know, sports entertainment is what it is. But you get back to the basics. See, this is the greatest stuff. And I'm, yeah, you said I'm hyped for this stuff. This build, I'm excited. And one of my favorite parts, dude, is during the break. 
we see uh, we see what happened during the break. Xbox kind of falls out of the ring. He's limp, and Kane goes to take him out, and he lets out this grunt that <laughs> pretty much everyone says ruined Revenge of the Sith. Where Darth Vader's like, no, but Kane does the same thing here. And I just, I loved it, man. Anytime we can get a Star Wars reference in there, I'm all for it. So, but uh, I'm going to rename him the Sad Red Machine because he has to load his friend Xbox into an ambulance and you see it pull off. And I just wanted the, the uh, Peanuts music or the, you know, the Charlie Brown music to play right there. You know, just, he looks so sad, you know. He did. And that's going to come into what happens next. So. Could have been that or uh, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. Could have had that going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, he he is letting his rage fuel him. Uh, is Kane here as the uh, acolytes are going to face Edge and Christian? They get the win over them, and Kane comes out before they can celebrate and hands out choke slams to everybody involved here and cuts a promo. Uh, uses his little voice box gimmick and uh, what exactly did he say here, uh, Kane? <clears throat> he says, "You heard Sean. You heard me." Undertaker, Big Show, tonight I'm gonna hurt you. Best promo all time. It's perfect. Yep. I'm, to the I, point, dude. Just straight to the point. I'm just here for it, dude. I, I want to see this match. Now that's all. That's all that promo needs to be, and it gets a yeah. huge reaction from the crowd, and I'm just ready for it. I don't need four oh, yeah. more weeks to build. Just give me the pay per view right here. Nope. I want to see it. Take my money. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got my money at this point, man. It's just great, man. So, you know, we were kind of wondering, you know, episodes ago, why wow, we're getting all this Undertaker to Kane and he's back with Kane. And he's not, not. And like, you know, we mentioned they're building for something later. And thank God they were because this is where it's at, man. This is where it's at. This stuff is great. I love that he calls me Sean. Yeah. Breaking a little kayfabe there. You know, they do on commentary a bit, too. You know, JR refers to him. Well, that's Sean Waltman, you know, X-Pac. And so I love that, you know, bring a little more realism into yes. it. So um, forget, good stuff. Forget trying to molest Vincent Mann's daughter. It's just, <laughs> you hurt my friend. You hurt yeah. me. I'm going to hurt you. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so good. It's uh, great, man. And what else was great here is that... Ben Stiller is in the audience tonight. You know, we talked about him being on GTV last week on the show, and now he's in the crowd, front row for Monday Night Raw, and he gets announced by the ring announcer as the star of Mystery Men and the man who loves Deborah's puppies. Oh my word! <laughs> Put that on his gravestone, ladies and gentlemen. Ben Stiller oh, is the man who loves Deborah's puppies. <laughs> Oh, man. I Yeah, I got nothing else to say about that. <laughs> that pretty much sums it all up there. I'm there for that, too. Sign me up. Ben Stiller. Oh, I thought you meant Deborah's puppy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, Ben Stiller having them in his grave. <laughs> be great. Or like his walk of fame or Hollywood star. Yeah. They should put that on Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Um, oh, man. So speaking of walk, backstage we see Taker and Big Show walking, and they got Paul Bear there. He's in his black suit, all black. And I just got to ask, where has he been, though? You know, he wasn't there to pay for you last night. He wasn't there earlier. And I got a question, and we'll kind of get an answer to what's happening with the corporate ministry later on. But does this mean that Big Show is in the corporate ministry at this point? I didn't think is about this, that. 
Yeah, it doesn't hang around too much longer, but technically, would he be? Yeah, so, I mean, because Paul Bear's supposed to be, but he was allowed to ringside with that match with Austin a few weeks ago, so who knows anymore? <laughs> right, because we talked about it on here. It, it seems like ever since the greater power was revealed, that was basically the peak of the corporate ministry, and it's just <laughs> yeah. slowly dissolved since then, and basically, basically fell apart here at Fully Loaded, although there is going to be a, a quick resolution to exactly what happened here. But yeah, it, it seems like things yeah. are basically done. Um, I guess maybe you could technically count him as a member here uh, towards the end. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if that officially counts. So that's going to bring us to, you know, Kane uh, wants to fight Taker and Big Show. So we're going to get our first handicap match of the night because there's actually another one on later on. But we don't need to talk about that. But anyway, we got Taker and Big Show versus Kane. Um, of course, the match is it's full of rage and anger. So they start attacking in the aisle, you know. Like that's one thing. I just want to take a little aside right now. I love how WWE presents these matches nowadays as a, a kind of like a sport. You got your ring announcement, you got your presentation of your champion. You know, here's the challenger, here's the champ, yada yada. But there's something to be said for this stuff back then when like Austin would just beat the crap out of people before the bell rings, or yeah. Taker would, or these guys right here attacking. Just the it seems more realistic you know like I, I do appreciate they're trying to do that nowadays more of like a sport type feel but there's you know this stuff is great too i agree um, i mean what was of, the last yeah pay-per-view um what was the last pay-per-view before this super smackdown was it SummerSlam? hell in a cell oh hell in a cell hell yeah in a cell. aj and samoa joe have had this feud where yeah. joe has been you know mocking his family and and, and, yeah. and saying all these comments about his wife and his kids and all that stuff and they did the the championship introductions for that match. Like yeah. AJ should have stormed out there and just, you know, tossed the yeah. ring announcer out of the ring and gone after him, man. It, like yeah. It, yeah. And they did they did a SmackDown under too, but they they got to it right from the get go. I mean, after that. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, back to what we're talking about nowadays. The, you got Kane and and Big Show attacking in the aisle, and it's one of those weird handicap matches where you have to tag. In and out, which I'm not a fan of those. I like it better when it's just two on one, yeah. especially when the the two is the heel. Like, I guess it makes sense the faces have to tag in and out, but I don't know. It's good stuff, man. It was pretty good. Uh, Undertaker gets disqualified here, I guess, uh, even though everyone is using a chair. Uh, but I guess <laughs> Kane used the chair on the outside, apparently, and once Undertaker brought it inside the ring, that became the disqualification. That was the only thing I could think I of. Know. Although I don't think that's quite the rules, really. But anyway, no. uh, Undertaker, or, excuse me, Road Dog makes the save for Kane, as Kane is sort of a pseudo member of, of DX here, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the remnants of DX. Uh, but Road Dog ends up getting a choke slam from Big Show. So Show and Taker, again, leave uh, Kane laying, leave Road Dog laying, and they look dominant just like they did at the beginning of the show, man. They continue <laughs> to look like a, a huge dominant force here tonight. Oh, yeah, and they even, Big Show even took an inseguri from Kane during the match, which was sick. I love seeing that. You know, we mentioned how shredded Kane is and oh, how he looks God. just lean and mean and, like, just seeing him, I don't know. I have no idea who this guy weighs, man. Glenn Jacobs was hitting the gym at this point. This has got to be the best shape he's ever been in. Was this like yeah. these two months right here? Well, because I'm watching this stuff, and then I'm watching Super Smackdown Under or whatever the heck it's well. called. I'm like, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's been 19 it's 20 years. years. Yeah. But, but brother. But anyway, man, yeah, so they've laid out, like you said, laid out Kane and Road Dog, and then we get <clears throat> we go um, 
backstage. Actually, actually, I need to stop here and let you tell us something else about Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah, it's not the last we saw Ben Stiller either. As he, yeah. he gets to get up close and personal with them puppies, man, in the ring with Jeff Jarrett <laughs> and Deborah. Dude, he's crazy. Crazy for the puppies. I and uh, um, I, I just want to start the campaign right here for Ben Stiller for the WWE Hall of Fame 2019. I think we need to get it going, get it trending, make it happen. Do it. I know the answer, but I want you to tell everybody in here, who is your favorite WWF superstar? And why that's is That's easy. Jeff, that's easy. There, there are two of them. The puppies! <laughs> When was the last time Ben Stiller did anything it. good? Get him in the Hall of Fame, man. Let's, let's jumpstart that career. That's true, man. That's true. <laughs> I mean, Zoolander 2, come on. Didn't see that. Yeah, no I'm one not going to sold. I wasn't alone. <laughs> oh, Speaking of alone, someone who's not alone is uh, Big Show and Undertaker and Paul Bear backstage with our, you know, our good old investigative journalist, Paul, uh, Michael Cole. And... <clears throat> We've got a promo here that, again, it's just going to take this feud to the next level. This one night of Raw is insane. So basically, I'm going to boil it down and PG it here. But um, Taker says, Xbox on the way to the hospital, the Big Red Machine. Well, we just proved he's nothing more than the Big Red. P, you know, not a puppy, but you get it. <laughs> and uh, I could not believe that he said that on television. I don't remember seeing that. but um, Yeah, they didn't bleep he it says or anything that, like that. No, no, he not said at all. It. It's yeah. In, yeah, he <laughs> says it. So uh, he's a big red cat. And he says, uh, the days of scary music and scary entrances are over. The show, he knows what evil is. Uh, and the whole world's going to know what evil is. The days of Armageddon are upon us. And whew, I just wrote, whoa. I mean, I'm, I'm in for it. I love this. Um, slowly moving us away from this old from this old Undertaker to who he's going to become next year, you know, as we see him. Again, he literally said, the days of scary music and scary art entrances are over, you know? So kind of putting that old part of his life to rest. And that's the thing that and, surprised me a lot about this whole build. And, you know, I've already started looking at some of the stuff we're going to cover uh, next week would be like the last few weeks of this run of Undertaker. And I just didn't remember or realize how close he got to the Biker Taker yeah. character before he left. And this is... The beginning of that as he's saying he's starting to leave that character behind and mm -hmm. we'll, i think we'll talk about this more maybe speculate it more next week but i i wonder if we wouldn't have gotten this character even if he hadn't have gotten injured and had to go away for a little bit right. i wonder if this was already something we might have seen before the end of the year before the end of 1999 uh, if he hadn't had an injury and, and had to be forced out of action for six months or whatever eight months yeah, it feels like it's for sure, you know, headed that way. And again, they say that they say Armageddon is upon us, and we're going to keep mentioning that along the way. And we'll have some speculation as to what you and I think kind of was was headed there, because as, spoiler alert, there's a pay per view in December going to be called Armageddon. So um, we'll see. But yeah, I wonder if this was kind of where he's headed to, you know, um, because obviously we'll see him do that at Judgment Day in May of next year. But um, yeah, I, I wonder, I wonder how much of that was, you know, his idea, and how much we were actually going to see. So. Well, for those of you out there wondering about The Big Show and The Undertaker, this new union and relationship they've formed, uh, Travis, I know you've got a little bit of insight into that relationship here. 
Yeah, so I found this interview. I've heard show talk on various podcasts with Jericho's and, and Austin's and Jim Ross's just about their relationship and how he owes a lot to to Austin and to Taker, especially his first year in the WWF. And so I found this interview on, I believe it's called Sports Bible. I think it's called Lad Bible now. But anyway, it's just a sports you know, uh, interview website, you know, like, like Deadspin or Bleacher Report or whatever. So anyway, but <clears throat> I'll kind of sum it up. I don't need to read the whole thing. But basically he says um, – you know, show says that he was the young boy and uh, Taker was the master and he used to crack the whip on him every single day. He says Taker is the one of the greatest, smartest guys in the history of the business. He knows his character well, so well. He's an expert in psychology. And he says that show says he was lucky enough to come in at a time to have him as a mentor when there weren't a lot of mentors around. He says it was extremely competitive and no one gave a crap if you succeeded or not, because as long as you put butts in the seats, that's all anyone cared about. So, um Goes on to say that he was green, and you know, in WCW, Hogan took care of him. Flair told him what to do. Arn, Randy, you know, Savage, and he just kind of did what they said. Whereas in WWF, you sink or swim, kind of. You know, that you, I mean, Vince, you kind of tells you what he wants, but you kind of do your own thing. And um, and Joe says here that he, you know, Taker took him under his wing, and he said it was old school, and he'd chew his butt out every night for something. And he says, you know, he remembers driving in his car, thinking I'm a fat piece of trash. <laughs> it's just, you know, how he's been in the business for what four years five years at this point and he just still feels like he's green as grass and you know doesn't know anything um so anyway and then that's kind of just how he kind of ends that part and he goes on to say something which i don't know what match he's talking about but he says it later on in in the future that uh big show and taker had this he said we had a great match many years later one of my favorite i've ever had I sent him a text a bit later and said hey man thanks for such a great match i appreciate everything you've done for me you're the man and then show says that Taker sends him a picture back of his genitalia and flip <laughs> and flipping him the bird. And he says, I don't know how to reply to that. So Big Show said he didn't see him for a month afterward. And when he did, he said he was just that Taker just went red and started laughing and, and Show said, Thanks for that. And, and and Taker said, Did you get the message? And he said, Yep, loud and clear. So <laughs> I I don't know what the message is there. Is that the match that Show thought was so good actually sucked? Or or Taker's just like uh, this is what I think of you. I don't know, but I just what a great story, man. <laughs> it sounds like uh, Undertaker would fit in with uh, some of our friends. That's all I have to say. Oh uh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. that is that is cool, man. It's cool to see that insight and and to see how this tag team mattered not just on screen but behind the scenes as oh, well. Yeah, and um, I because I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, and, but I, I think you can really tell, like the big show. <clears throat> He definitely has a presence, and mm-hmm. he definitely is, you know, a, 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 he, he makes an impact when he comes into the WWF, but it's weird, that especially this first couple of years, he just didn't find his footing in the WWF, mm-hmm. it felt like, at first, like, almost, like, he regressed a little bit from his time as the Giant in WCW, and maybe that's because... Honestly, WCW used him a little bit better at first. Obviously, I mean, sure. they had their problems booking him uh, at, sure. from time to time. But well, they man, killed him on one night, and he came back from the dead one time. <laughs> right, <laughs> but they did do a that. great job of protecting him and you know, sure. making him feel like a giant. And you know, as we've talked about, he's already switched face and heel two or three times already in five months of being Seven on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and 
honestly, his promo skills are not quite there yet. His in-ring skills are not quite there yet, as we're going to see here as well. He's got he's still very, very green and very, very new, and it's cool to watch The Undertaker take him under his wing, um, as that's not only what's happening behind the scenes, that's kind of their gimmick that they're pulling here on TV, as Undertaker explains a little bit more on Heat on August 1st, 1999, which sadly is not on the WWE Network for you guys to find, but it is very easily accessible online. Just a quick Google search can find that on uh, Daily can, Motion or yeah. you know, wherever. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say, if you just go to the Motions Daily, you can find it. You know, I didn't know if we stopped the name. <laughs> I'm not sure how legal it is, but anyway. It, it, it's... <laughs> I don't think the hundred people listening to us are anybody affiliated <laughs> with the, uh, <laughs> the FCC or anything. Like Piracy. That. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, it's not on there, but it's it's out there. You can find it. So one thing that was cool that I forgot happened with this little unholy union we have here is that they got some new entrance music. It's not really like a it's not a mashup either of Big Show and his music. It's just kind of like a. A twist on the Undertaker song, so man, and I dug it. I love it. They come music, yeah. Great. <laughs> so we'll probably have that on the opening of this episode. I you probably just heard it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You probably just heard it. So if you were wondering what that was, that's their 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 new theme song here. So um, they cut a promo here on Heat. Paul Bearer announces them as the Unholy Union. <laughs> Uh, which is where they get that name from. Although it, the announcers don't really refer to them as that, but if you read all right. the stuff online, uh, they're often listed listed as that. Uh, some people list them as the Unholy Alliance or whatever. Uh, what? just, I got to thinking like they should have the Unholy Union, union music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, what's up with Union Stables being so short lived? I guess Vince really is out he, to show he, he people. He doesn't like Union, the unions, man. <laughs> unions aren't going to last, baby. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah. So Big Show is, gets on the mic. He's like, you know, everybody wants to know why. <clears throat> you know, why Big Show? He says, well, it's important to dominate the WWF. And uh, what you see before you is the most dominant force in the history of the WWF. And uh, he says, no one is safe. From Kane all the way down to Stone Cold Steve Austin, all along the way, there's going to be Armageddon. So... Yeah, I mean, I can't dis—I can't disagree with him that they're freaking dominant, you know. I thought Kane and Taker are too, but man, Big Show is just seeing him and Taker together is just a, such a presence, man. It is. So they're, they're putting over that Armageddon term a lot. Yeah, uh, they use that in all their promos here. Uh, Taker gets on another level here. Basically, says he's gonna <laughs> perform a Mortal Kombat fatality. Austin, I'm not through with you by no stretch of the imagination. In fact, the next time I see you, I'm going to take this soup bone, I'm going to thrust it into your chest, and I'm going to rip your stinking heart out and eat it. I was just going to say, I love that he, he he tells us, he gives us a little peek behind the curtain. He tells us that, you know, and it answered lots of questions for me that I've had, and that some of our listeners may have had. He says, you know, when he was born, two things happened to him. He was given a special connection to the supernatural, which I think we can all say, duh. Like, we, we get that. We see that. We've seen that on the Fab Four interview and everything as well. We, we know who you are. Well, I thought Vince McMahon gave that to him. <laughs> well, touche. <laughs> well, yes. So I guess it is a little, we're not quite sure. So, who knows? But anyway, but the, yeah. But the second thing that he was given, and this, I didn't even know to even think about this. He says that he was given the ability to hate without any reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just like, what does that mean? I love that. But um, he says Kane doesn't share that, you know, with him. So Kane needs friends because he has compassion. And yeah. he doesn't. Undertaker hates everyone, including the big show, he says. Yeah. He looks at Big Show and says, The fact is that one day, Big Show, you will reach your hand out to me and I'll stick a knife right through your heart. <laughs> so yeah. flat out says he's gonna murder the big show eventually, but Big Show is so desperate for knowledge that he will stick around with him and absorb that knowledge because it will bring him one step closer to greatness and immortality. So I guess Undertaker's keeping Big Show around for protection, and in that sense, he's going to mentor the Big Show, but eventually he will turn his back on him when the time fits him. Undertaker's just in it for himself. Well, I mean, and as someone who's very upfront and transparent with everybody, I appreciate that part about him. <laughs> I do. I have to admire that, even though he's a heel here. I really do appreciate the fact that he's just upfront and his business dealing here. True. Like, you know, True. you're gonna come for me. I'm gonna stab you in the back. So I, I respect that. You know. So, but he says, as far as everyone else is concerned, be afraid. Be very afraid. The days of scary lights and music are over again. He said that on Raw, and it's time for a pure, unadulterated hatred and evil. So uh, the Big Show and I will hurt who we want, take what we want, destroy what we want until Armageddon is upon us, and that leaves just me and him. So again, I've got to think that like it literally was going to build to the pay-per-view at Armageddon, where it was going to be just him and Big Show left. You know, I really do think that had something, because as we know, spoiler alert, Big Show is going to have the title by that point, won't he? Have had it. He's, so yeah, he wins it at Survivor Series. Does he defend it at, against Bossman at that, that arm again? Yep. Yeah. So I, I mean, I gotta think that that was gonna be take a spot. You know, like I don't yeah, know. I don't think Big Bossman was in the plans long term for the uh, yeah. <laughs> title shot there. And Undertaker is on the poster for that pay per view as exactly. well. So yeah, the WWF is rarely subtle about things. It definitely felt like perhaps that was the long term plan here. Some sort of big breakup and match at. Armageddon, uh, and yeah, uh, but but this tonight, ain't over yet. Now, <laughs> yeah, what it's leading to is that the acolytes of all people are going to come out as Farouk is ready to rekindle his feud with the White Savior, the Undertaker. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I, can't, I can't take that. That episode's one of my favorites. I can't, I can't take it again. <laughs> I can't go back there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man. apparently Farouk, Farouk, Farouk got a little confused about the uh, the movies of the day here because he says what's all this I hear about Armageddon and destruction hey I think y'all been watching too many movies because every time I look up on this screen I don't see no Bruce Willis I don't see Arnold Schwarzenegger only thing I see is somebody getting their ass kicked or somebody kicking ass <laughs> I think it's in the days. Wrong. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> that movie was creepy. Um, yeah. Yeah, he gets confused. I'm not sure how much time Ron Simmons had to go to the theater, mm. watch film. So, uh, yeah, anyway, but, dude, it's just great because, again, I do appreciate their continuity here because they, you know, he goes, y'all looking for a fight? And then they challenge Big yes. Show and take oh her to a God. fight. And then, and then Taker comes up and says, you know, I got to remind you that, you know, I brought you the dance and he calls them ungrateful SOBs. And again, I'm glad they brought that up because literally one week ago, everything was copacetic in the corporate ministry. Everything was fine. I mean, except for Triple H and Taker. But like as far as the B, B list, D list, C list characters, like they were all fine, you know. So I'm glad that Taker brought that up and they didn't just gloss over that. So I agree. Uh, but 
I'm, I'm glad it's happening because this is Jim Ross's dream right here, dude. Just yeah. four hosses, <laughs> show taker, and the acolytes, and they just beat the crap out of each other here on on Sunday Night Heat. Uh, they bring some chairs out of the ring, but it's really leading. And again, uh, the only problem with all this build maybe is that it suffers from uh, the you know, Russoism at, at its at its finest here, as we're gonna get. <clears throat> about nine different feuds all intertwined with mm-hmm. each other as taking a big show, taking on the acolytes and the big shot hardcore Holly is going to come out and he's going to try to pal around with undertaker and the big show here uh, that um, he uh, pats undertaker and big show on the back. Uh, but and undertaker's ready to fight him, but big show intervenes, right. uh, gets his little buddy out of the ring, walks him up the ramp here as now we're, venturing off branching off into another angle of this feud it's yeah it's really strange <laughs> yeah because i mean i guess it makes sense because there was that little bit of time that you know holly was loosely loosely aligned with big show and they were tagging and all the super heavyweight stuff but it just does feel like just inserted especially when we see what the payoff's going to be it's so unnecessary but you know it, it highlights somebody else i mean it gives Holly yeah. the rub you sure. know here from these two main event guys you know so, yeah, good stuff. And I think Michael Cole or maybe Kevin Kelly said this is the most demonic this is the most demonic era we've ever seen of the Undertaker. So, they said that about I don't know if I had a the dime for time they said that in the last 9 years I'd have like $400. So, yeah. <laughs> take a shot every time you hear that on the podcast. <laughs> so, um yeah, that brings us to Raw the next night on this is Raw um 323 on uh, August second, ninety nine, and this, th- dude, this opens so neat, man. I love this. Like, I don't remember this at all. That so when the show opens, the acolytes are actually standing in the entrance way, and the pyro is going off, and it's just a really cool like visual there. Um, they're not walking through it like you know Goldberg does or anything like that, and standing there breathing smoke, but like just to see them there, like it gave a sense of like what's going to happen. You know, it wasn't the 20 minute promo from the get go and the McMahon's coming out and all that. And so they just come straight down the ring, call out show and taker, but a little bit of a continuity. They do still have the UT symbol on their pants. So <laughs> didn't have time to get new tights made. No, <laughs> no. Um, but so. yeah, you're right. They're ready to fight. And, and that's what I'm talking about, man. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they say it, they, they say, uh, I, don't know, I think it was Bradshaw. He says, we're standing. Yeah. You're still standing. The fight ain't over, man. Last night on Heat, you have no idea what you just started. So they call out Undertaker, but here we go. We've got Hardcore Holly answering their challenge instead. And um, <laughs> He says yeah. his boys ain't here yet, but he's the leader of the super heavyweights. So he tells the acolytes to nut up or shut up, which is his new catchphrase. He's trying to get over. And yeah. they, uh, they nut up. Dude, and they give him a beatdown the likes of Stan Hansen and Vader would be proud of. And this is some New Japan, all Japan, Stan Hansen, Vader, hard, strong style. I cannot – and I can't believe that this Raw opens with these guys. Like, Mm. Hardcore Holly and the Acolytes opened up an episode of Raw. Like, what a great – and you know what just popped in my head? Every single one of those guys, even if Taker and Show were out there, were from the South. True. (laughs) Vincent Mann hates the South. (laughs) Everybody he's, he loves as a, as a New York guy or something. Like every single one of those guys is from Texas or the Southeast. How crazy is that? <laughs> That's weird. Times they are changing, my Times friend. Times they are changing. So. Uh, 
Well, backstage we see The Undertaker and Big Show arriving to the arena uh, shortly after their little buddy gets beat up. And <laughs> Taker, Big Show, and Paul Bearer strut into the arena, man, <laughs> looking like they just conquered the buffet next door. Dude, they got their shades on. They got their jumpsuits on. They look like they're, they're ready for business right now, dude. And this is probably the closest we've seen to this biker look. The, uh, up oh, to yeah. this point uh, of Taker. He's got the bandana on, mm-hmm. he's got the shades on, uh, nothing, it, it just in black denim, black jeans, all this sort of stuff, man. Yeah, it's, he's getting closer and closer. Every time, I feel like we say that every time we see him look more like yeah, this. You know, but now it's definitely, it's yeah, it's coming. It's right around the corner, man. So it had to have been what was planned anyway, you know. So I don't know. I just I wonder what would have been, how cool would it be to go back and see those, like, you know, booking sheets or talk to you know russo or vince and see what you know what was actually the plan there so be neat maybe pritchard can go on a rant about that when they get to cover his 1999 that'd be great they, they covered takers years so should ask your buddy vince <laughs> i should ask russo <laughs> call him up and see what he says so. yeah well, so here i do want to get to something here because okay so shane mcmahon comes out gives a promo where he rambles on and on and on but eventually he gets to the part saying that I'm letting the corporate ministry members go in their separate ways so that I can focus on one man, and that's Test. So, um, yeah, that's just, this is the official dissolution, uh, dissolution of the uh, corporate ministry. So they are officially over with. So, Are we saying Test brought down the corporate ministry? <clears throat> Test brought down the corporate wow. ministry. Wow. So Undertaker's obsession with Stephanie didn't. But Tess obsession. <laughs> Touche. Wow. A much meaner, bigger man than Tess, I guess. A much more of a threat. Maybe because he's younger and he's Canadian. I don't know. So Who knew? Yeah, how weird is that? So anyway, that's official, ladies and gentlemen. Corp ministry is over. Now they'll you know, you got the acolytes together, you got Vid- Vidian. <laughs> wow. That's Vidian. their new tag team name. Yeah. Vidian. I don't know how to spell it anyway. Yeah. Vidian's together. You know, <laughs> Bobby. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> videos together. You know, you got Taker and Show now, and it, you know, it is what it is. But they're officially over. So fine by me. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. <clears throat> oh man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that some more next week. Uh, I have some things to say. Uh, anyway, uh, Taker and Big Show are are gonna. Um, Take on Road Dog and Kane here later on in the night. Um, the crowd is just super hot for this match. Dude, and they, they're yeah. in to Kane and X Pac here in 1990 and Road Dog too. I mean, these mm-hmm. guys are over, uh, as you just said. Uh, the crowd is super hot for it. Kane gets a choke slam on Taker, but Big Show distracts, allowing Taker to get the tombstone and the pin. That leaves the acolytes out here uh, who still want to fight, but Hardcore Holly. Makes the save, takes their legs out with a Louisville slugger. And Undertaker and Big Show act like they have no idea what's going on here. Man, they are not aligned with Hardcore Holly, but he's trying to get in good with them. Uh, the acolytes are pissed off, and the story keeps on rolling. Yep, absolutely. It keeps on rolling. Later on in the night, we got Austin coming out for a promo about his match with Triple H at the SummerSlam. Thank you, Bret Hart. I'm going to try to call it the SummerSlam as much as I can. So um, they're interrupted by, or excuse me, he is interrupted by Taker and Big Show coming out again. And they, you know, Taker says, I want my rematch with Austin for the title, or we're going to stop a mud hole. And as he's 
basically saying what they're about to do. They just drop their mics and beat the crap out they of him. Just so do it. I just love it. Yes. It's so good. They didn't wait around, didn't wait for, you know, him to, you know, get his his comeback or anything. He's just like, yeah, we're gonna stop muddle and they just they just start beating the crap out of him. So and as quote unquote Armageddon continues according to JR. So it's just man, again, what a way to get some heels over to take out your biggest baby face, right? You know? Oh absolutely. And you know there's uh, you know, a lot of people love the whole spectacle of The Undertaker, and I do too. But, man, it's just so refreshing after seeing all these mind games and, and symbols and, and fire mm-hmm. and, and sneaking into people's houses and all that stuff. It's so refreshing <laughs> to see The Undertaker just beating people up. Uh, and, oh, yeah. And it's working. Dude. It's getting him more over in my eyes than, than anything he's done lately. Uh, and it, it works on Austin as he tells investigative journalist Michael Cole that he is uh, going to open up a can on Undertaker and Big Show later tonight, and he's going to give uh, Undertaker his title shot <clears throat> later on in the night. Yeah, he, you know he's he's a fighting champion, so I love that. And um, there's a uh, Taker and Cho come out for the No Holds Barred match. It's supposed to be apparently a No Holds Barred match against for Austin for Austin versus Taker, and uh, Austin comes out, but then Triple H, where did he come from? He just slides in the ring out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's in the front row or what, but he was somewhere. He slides in. And he says, you know. It's my time and you're on it, basically. And uh, then Austin slides in and they all four start brawling. So we got Triple H and Show kind of squaring off and Austin and Taker kind of squaring off. And then the Acolytes come out and join in. And Kane comes out and joins in. And Road Dog comes out and joins in. And Harker Holly comes out and joins in. And Billy Gunn comes out and joins in. And then The Rock comes out and joins in. And it is just a massive, massive brawl man and, and then God, Chaz so cool. came in and then <laughs> meat came in. no never mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh I should we should have had the what's going on what <laughs> Chaz comes in what meat comes in what no it's just man seriously all those guys come in and they all make sense too though. yes they're yeah. all involved one way or another yeah uh, I I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff when you just got yep. 20 guys in there just brawling and this chaotic brawl in the show man I, I love it whenever they do it for the royal rumble or survivor series and yeah. stuff like that and i loved it right here it's, but like you said it all made sense and it ends with austin and triple h hitting simultaneous finishers on the, the outlaws like mm. in, in a, i think austin hits on stunner on billy gunn and triple h hits the pedigree on road dog at the same time which is really just man it's just cool man cool stuff and that's going to lead us into Heat on August 8th, 1999. The Acolytes are going to take on Kane and the Road Dog here. Um, but they they beat up Road Dog before the match starts, so Road Dog doesn't really get <laughs> yeah. involved. So who's going to be Kane's partner? <clears throat> well, why not the big shot, Hardcore Holly? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's going to push here, man. He's going to push. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, Holly ends up turning on Kane, and then turns on the acolytes as well. Hardcore Holly's just in it for himself. He just wants to, to be the big shot and get all the attention on himself. Uh, but <laughs> backfires on him because he gets beat up by everyone else. See, they, the acolytes oh, yeah. powerbomb him, and uh, then uh, they beat up Kane while he's down as well. Uh, big Show wants to stop Hardcore Holly from getting beat up. We cut to the back and see uh, Big Show and Taker watching everything, but... Undertaker stops Big Show from going out there and saving Hardcore Holly, continuing this mentorship, I guess, if you will, and, and saying, no, it's not time yet. I need to let him take that beating on his own. Don't get involved with it. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of cool. You know, I'm glad they're, you know, playing that out on TV. You know, like you said, they're probably doing that backstage and shoot for, for a shoot, you know, in real life. And so here it's just kind of cool to see that going on there. So, um, and then we, we get main event just, the main event of this night is out of control, man. It's Undertaker versus Billy Gunn. <laughs> so, and, uh, Another guy getting a big push right now. Oh, my goodness. The worst King of the Ring. One of the worst, besides Mabel. I just can't believe it. Um, yeah, Billy Gunn, King of Ring 99 sucks. But anyway, The Rock's on commentary, and I think he even mentions... Because he's going to be facing Billy Gunn at SummerSlam. Yeah. Dude, why yeah. is The Rock slumming it with Billy Gunn at this <sighs> SummerSlam? I remember Conrad asking Pritchard about that. <laughs> I will never <laughs> understand. <laughs> Me neither. I will never get it. Put Shamrock in there or something, dude. Are you serious? Like, why is it Billy Gunn? But anyway... Uh, of course, Rock gets involved, and he decides to attack Billy Gunn while the ref isn't looking. And Billy Big Show comes out and attacks. Uh, and eventually, he chokes slams Rock as we go off the air. Um, that's going to kind of lead us into the next night on Raw, which is a very infamous—not not, not infamous, very famous Raw. You know, this is August 9th, nineteen ninety-nine. Raw three Fantastic episode. <laughs> It is a fantastic episode. There's a lot going on here. Not just involving The Undertaker. It's all over the place. The Rock opens the show uh, as we see Undertaker, Big Show, and Paul Bear all watching backstage. Uh, show again wants to go straight to the ring, but Undertaker, being the wise counsel that he is, holds him back, says to wait just a minute. Let's let The, let's let the Rock entertain us for just a minute. And The Rock <laughs> certainly does that here. He is... <laughs> On fire, making fun of the big slow. (laughs) I remember this stuff, dude. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so great. I just whenever Rock makes fun of Big Show, it's it's always gold to me, man. I don't care what year it was or what era it was. Whenever he does it, it's great. And he's like, he says that when every time the Big Show comes out, everyone in the arena collectively goes, "Oh, this guy sucks. I'm gonna take a leak." It's, like, it's, just, <laughs> it's just brutal. He's dumping all over him. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's dumping all over. I'm sure that wasn't a. Uh, planned you know i'm sure he didn't go over that beforehand so and he gives uh he uh marks the choke slam tongue like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good man and rock is freaking entertaining so that's what finally brings out big show and taker and paul bear and the rock doesn't even let him get to the ring and it says he's i'm not backing down from this fight and yeah he, he goes after them but of course taking <clears throat> big show dominate him because they're they're monsters, but X-Pac comes back after a couple of weeks to make the save, and he's a house of fire here uh, going after yeah. them. But unfortunately, he weighs 120 pounds, so <laughs> he gets <laughs> tossed around. Uh, but here comes the road dog. Here comes Kane, and it does take four guys, but Undertaker and Big Show finally back off. And so, again, you're just making them look like a major force to be reckoned with here because uh, it took all those guys to back them away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, all those guys to back him away. And again, like I mentioned last week, they beat the crap out of Austin. Like, you want to get somebody over as a serious threat in the heels. You know, you got your two biggest baby faces in the company. You got Rock and Austin. And in two consecutive weeks, they've taken them out, you know, they're beating them down. So, I mean, again, it doesn't matter if it was Matt and Jeff Hardy doing that. You know, that, that, that pushed you to the moon right there, you know? Fortunately, it's two, you know, big guys who don't need the help, like Taker and, and Big Show, but it, it makes them, you know, legit, it legitimizes their threat, you know? So, good stuff, man. <laughs> good stuff, too, was X-Pac. He's got a heck of a promo here 
with uh, our investigative journalist Michael Cole challenging the Acolytes to a tag team title match. Man, X-Pac is on fire here. Dude, you um, you know, we talk about X-Pac heat nowadays. Kind of means mm-hmm. just a guy people don't care about. In late summer, fall of 1999, X-Pac heat, man, you were one of the most over-friggin' dudes yeah. on the <laughs> roster. Man, go back yeah. and watch this stuff, and you'll see why I think, and I, and I think you agree with me, X-Pac, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, man. I don't care. Oh, for sure. You put him in there with DX. You can put him there as a singles, just by himself, in my opinion. He absolutely b- belongs to be in there, in ring and out of the ring. Oh, absolutely, man. He's he's got it going on. He knows what to do. He knows he knows what what to say, when to say. He knows how to bump, how to feed. And again, he's what hundred and he's probably two hundred pounds, maybe oh, at the most one hundred ninety five pounds. Yeah. <laughs> like these guys on two hundred five live, wish they had half the half the pops that this dude has you know so it's just crazy man see but speaking of pops dude we get jesse ventura making his return to the wwe after what nine ten years or something like that mm-hmm. yeah yeah almost yeah years. first time in forever man i totally forgot this was the same night because again this we haven't got to the big reveal of what this night actually is but I, mean, I forgot that Jesse Ventura was on this night in Chicago as well, man. It's crazy. Yeah, he's going to be the referee of this main event of SummerSlam that we're going to get to, and you know we don't we haven't really talked about him much because he was gone before Undertaker made his debut, mm-hmm. and uh, you know not much to say. I think he would have been awesome as an announcer for some of the Undertaker's matches. Would have been great, but oh goodness, you yeah. Know, we've talked about how important Bobby Heenan was to building up that Undertaker character and. Sure, Jesse Ventura would have done a great job as well, but we never quite got that. Yeah, we didn't quite get there. And um, HBK comes out again. He's still the commissioner, and he makes a match for tonight between Triple H, Stone Cold, and Undertaker as punishment, basically for Triple H getting in his face. And they just, you know, they have some heat back and forth. And so he makes that. That's gonna be the main event tonight. Is Triple H, Stone Cold, and Undertaker, which that's a huge match right there. So yeah, but, but let's we leave don't that actually with dot, get dot, it. Dot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stone Cold is shown unconscious backstage. Uh, he's taken away by an ambulance, and HBK thinks Triple H is responsible for this. So to punish Triple H even further, he says that triple threat match is still going to go down tonight, and it's actually going to be a no DQ match, a false count anywhere match, and he's going to be the guest referee for it. Shawn Michaels is. Triple H is kind of incredulous. He's like, well, Stone Cold is in the hospital. How are we going to have a triple threat match? And Shawn Michaels says, well, we're going to throw a, another, just a an all-star, someone who, who deserves to be in there as well. It's going to be China. So we're going <laughs> yeah. to get later on in this show, The Undertaker versus Triple H versus China in a triple threat, no DQ, false count anywhere, number one contender match with Shawn Michaels as the guest referee. Yeah. What a match. That's so much to say. I mean, I, that's so many things, so many little variables, so many. Uh, yeah, it's a lot going on right there, man. And that's not even all because I think doesn't Jesse Ventura come down for the commentary now for that he's match on too? Guest so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we get a lot, man. Speaking of a lot going on, we got Kane and X Pac versus Acolytes for the WWF Tag Team Championships. Um, X Pac pins Farouk. Clean after next factor to win, and this crowd in Chicago erupts, man. Again, they I can't put over how much they love Xbox and Kane, man. So good stuff. 
And then we get a truly heartwarming moment of celebration here. Yes. <laughs> X-Pac tells his best friend Kane, you don't need that voice box anymore, which I, I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> how is yeah. that voice magically healed? Well, when he said no the other week, maybe that healed it. <laughs> it cleared things out in there. Uh, yeah. So sadly, we don't get to hear you give the uh, voice box promos anymore. But nope. uh, Kane does offer his first two words spoken in, in who knows how long without his voice box. Two beautiful, uh, truly touching words here as he tells everyone to suck it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, that's it, man. So uh, what a great, like, my first words were, my kids' first words were this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Paul Bear must be so happy. His son's first two words were suck it. So anyway, yeah, it's great, man. Uh, yeah, it's touching. It's heartwarming. It's amazing. And uh, just a big, it, it really is a big milestone, though, in all seriousness, in that, that character's life, you know, because he's speaking without the gimmick from now on you know and so but this part's not over because big show and taker enter and they just absolutely annihilate the new tag team champions so um setting up you know what's going to go on later on so and that is going to set up things later on but of course what this episode of raw we've talked about some awesome stuff but that's not what this episode is remembered for as this was the night uh we won't spend too much time talking about it but how could you not talk about the countdown to the millennium clock going down here as The Rock is out in the middle of the ring, uh, looking like he doesn't have any pants on. He's got this <laughs> super long tank top on. It just looks like he's half naked. He's like a girl's sleepover or something. Yes, that's what he looks like. Uh, and we get the WWE debut of Chris Jericho. Man, an all-time moment for sure. Yeah, absolutely. One of the best debuts of all time. And you can't dispute that. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you like him or don't. He, this is one of the best debuts ever. He's debuting high profile, mixing it up with The Rock. You know, he's gone on to say he kind of wishes he'd done things a little differently. I understand. But, you know, at the time, it fit his character from who he yeah. was in yeah. WCW. Now, I will say, when I watched this back this week, they edited out on the network the, the thing where Rock cuts down Hoventude. Um, they edited that part oh. off of this. Unless I missed it, um, I watched it back this week, and they edited that part out where he cuts down. Like, you've been down in WCW mixing up with Hooventude or something, or Hoovy Juice or something like that. So yeah. anyway, huh. I don't know if that's for a reason or not, but anyway, yeah. Big debut. Uh, I don't remember if you and I were talking on the phone at this moment or if we called like each we other immediately <laughs> afterward. I don't know, yeah. but it was a big deal, man, because we were both Chris Jericho Marks, and you know, we've said – Multiple times, if we ever do this podcast endeavor again with somebody else's character, he might not be a bad deal to go to go through. <laughs> yeah, and like seriously, we were huge Jericho fans. Yes, I've, I've been to maybe I don't know, maybe two dozen live wrestling events. Yeah, maybe that I don't know if that's that, that seems about right. Maybe twenty five or so uh, yeah. over the years. I brought a sign to an event twice. One time was we bought one for the ECW December to Dismember. <laughs> For Stevie Richards, uh, and yes. telling Tess that he was a tool uh, on both sides of that sign, and the other only other time I brought one was for Chris Jericho at a WCW house show here in Augusta, uh, back in Augusta, awesome. Georgia. Uh, uh, that was so you could tell uh, it was huge Jericho Mark, huge fan, and I'm sure we were on the phone with each other because that was. It was still in that time where you didn't know everything online. I think mm-hmm. that yeah. was definitely 
everyone thought it was going to be Jericho. That's what you thought that, that countdown was getting to, but no one knew for sure. You still didn't know if that's what it was really going to be. So that anticipation was still there. And just that, it still gives you chills when you watch it, that moment when his music starts playing and the videos start going and then the words Jericho appear on there. Yeah. It's just so perfectly done. It is, man. It's it's amazing, and he's gonna he is gonna play into Taker next week on on Raw. So we're glad, glad we're mentioning him here. But yeah, we we could go on and on about him and how amazing he is. But let's we'll move on a little bit in the show here. We got the Big Shot backstage searching for the Big Show. He's just popping his head in the random uh, dressing room, saying, "You seen the Big Show? You seen the Big Show? If you do, let him know I'm here." So anyway, it's just that's a good uh, impression. Roll, I like it. Roll, Real Todd. <laughs> More Eagle. I don't know which one he's for, but anyway. So and then so basically Big Show and Rock are gonna have their match and as he does, Holly comes out on the apron and Big Show just headbutts him off the apron, which is great. The Rock hits uh Big Show with a Death Valley low blow and uh Jericho runs in, shoves the rock, Billy Gunn comes in and hits the old gimmick infringement jackhammer. On the rock. Remember when he used that as a finisher for a while? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stole it from Goldberg. So. Yeah, different companies, anyway. man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, and the main event of the night is going to be, like we said, that crazy triple threat match. Undertaker versus Triple H versus China. So we do get to hear Jesse Ventura <laughs> uh, on commentary for Undertaker for one night only here. Um, yep. Undertaker hits a big choke slam on China. And tell you what, man, China was over huge as a babyface here as well. Uh, she's getting some huge pops mm-hmm. every time she gets in there. Uh, but this ends with Stone Cold just absolutely murdering Triple H with a chair shot, um, interfering in the match. And China becomes the number one contender for SummerSlam uh, at this point in time anyway, which leaves The Undertaker just yeah. seething in the middle of the ring as he loses the title shot. And it's just, it's wild going back that, um, and we'll get getting ahead of myself, but on the eve of SummerSlam, six days before SummerSlam, we're not going to technically find out the main event of SummerSlam right. till the end of that episode of Raw right before <laughs> yeah. SummerSlam. That's pretty That's crazy. wild going back and thinking of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so weird. But again, like we said multiple times here they're on fire they can't do no wrong you know wwf at this time so um speaking of doing no wrong we got big show and kane the next uh, six days later on heat this is heat um on from august 15th 99 big show versus kane and i just wrote battle of the behemoths man like watching these two go at it is fun because they can actually both work you know it's not like watching giant gonzalez and uh i don't know great colleague <laughs> take on each other this is sure. these guys can actually work um dq of course because it's russo and holly interferes and beats up kane gets in show's face eats a choke slam kane and clotheslines big show over the top rope and he leaves up the ramp and then a little bit later on hardcore holly's like i've been backed into a corner by taker and big show and i'm gonna do something about it on raw but something i don't want to have to do roll tide so. <laughs> <laughs> war eagle uh, we'll get to that one in just a few minutes. Yeah. So the main event of Heat is Undertaker and X-Pac here, uh, sponsored by Hanson's Energy Drink, because X-Pac's yes. got like three of those in his hands, throwing them out to the crowd. Uh, he's excited to have those. We've got the Acolytes on commentary. Uh, they're saying, you know, we used to have Undertaker's back when he was at his lowest point, and now he's turned his back on us. So again, a little bit of continuity here. And unfortunately, this match only goes about two minutes, but... 
this fight yeah. while it lasted, dude. I, 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 this, yeah, they could have had a pay per view match, just singles. I oh. love seeing Undertaker just throw X Pac around like a rag doll. Yeah, and I, again, I remember saying this months ago that we wish these two had feud back in the new generation time, or even in this time. We wish we had more matches to cover because there's so much fun, man. But basically, this match ends when. Taker catches X-Pac in the top rope crossbody and just turns it straight into a tombstone, gets a clean win, and it's just cool, man. It's good stuff. Big Show comes out, chokes Lance Pac, and then Kane comes out to the rescue, and Show and Taker leave as the Acolytes attack the champs from behind in the ring. So we got three tag teams here feuding with each other, uh, and then Hardcore Holly's kind of thrown in the mix, so you got all that going on. And I need to go on a rant. Is this okay? So um, as... Okay, so as Kane comes out at this point and this is something i've just this is like when you went off on irs several several months ago a year ago i guess this is how much hatred i have for this particular part you hate irs okay when kane comes out michael cole says here comes the calvary and he says it every single monday every single pay-per-view today this is 20 years later he'll say this here comes the calvary and that's stupid, stupid comment because it's not the Calvary coming out. Calvary is the biblical place where Jesus Christ died. The cavalry is who's coming, which means military who ride horseback, like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Someone who is the cavalry. It's not the Calvary. And it drives me nuts when Michael Cole says it. And I've heard it several times during this you know, this podcast endeavor, and I can't stand it anymore. I had to go off on Michael Cole. Let me know, you creatures of the night, if any of you guys ever pick up on that. If you hate as much as I do, I can't stand it. I'm a grammar Nazi, and I hate when he says, here comes the Calvary, because he's an idiot. So anyway, I'm done. Mic drop. So. And this has been Travis's <laughs> Vocabulary Smackdown of the Week. <laughs> Travis's tirade. <laughs> uh, sorry. Ooh, no, but that was uh, important. I, I'm out of Dr. Pepper now. <laughs> <laughs> Eat something else. <laughs> Get another one. <laughs> oh. uh, I, I had no idea. I never noticed that, man. But that's, uh, well, I've been holding it. That's why we're here. Man. That's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> that's what uh, it's all about. Uh, uh, can't take it anymore. <laughs> all right. Well. All right. We gave Travis a minute to breathe, catch up, <laughs> uh, you know, <sighs> let steam out. Uh, and. We're gonna get to a moment here. I mean, this is really the main event of this of this yes. episode. This, who cares about the match at this point? Because this promo is gonna take the cake as perhaps one of the most fascinating things we've covered in sixty-one <laughs> episodes here. Uh, I'll let you take the lead on this one, my friend. Uh, maybe this will cheer you up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Okay, so take your big show and bear. This is Raw 325 on August 16th, um, 99. So they come out. The unholy union comes out, and JR's like, they've shaken the entire roster to the core. Uh, Taker goes, playtime's over. Sit down and shut up. He's talking to the audience. I, I just love that. He's just no no BS here. And he says it's going to be a tag title uh, match tonight between the Acolytes and Xbox and Kane. The winner's going to face us at, summer, at the SummerSlam. So... Making matches, baby. Making matches. So, I guess a little bit of that corporate ministry uh, rub co- comes with him. A little bit of that corporate ministry <laughs> dust got sprinkled on him. So. And then he goes on to cut. I don't even know what's happening here, but I love every second of what's about to happen. We could just drop this whole promo in here right now if we wanted to. 
let people hear. I don't know. But um, it, he starts off talking about he and Big Show were in 100-degree weather in Death Valley. This past week, they rode some motorcycles through Death Valley. and Well, because where did they get them from? I forgot. They got them from got- the local 81, I think is what I think you're saying. I think I rewound it a couple times here. Yeah. Some uh, a union uh, or I don't know what that is. Uh, but yeah. Local 81. Sure. So he had some guy gas up uh, one motorcycle full and one with only enough gas to get the big show halfway through the Death Valley. So when they stop, they stop when he runs out of gas. Taker asks Big Show, what you going to do? brother i guess so uh and then uh, taker says the big show responded in this way it's 120 degrees how are you gonna survive he looks me straight in the eyes without a hesitation he says i'm gonna wait till you go to sleep i'm gonna stab you in the back i'm gonna cut your flesh off make a coat out of it and i will eat your flesh until i find food yeah it's quite the answer. This is before Saw, before Hostel, before any of these gore gore movies <laughs> were popular. So, oh, quite the answer. Maybe he just gotten done watching Silence of the Lambs or Hannibal or something. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. But Taker even likes that because he goes on and says, good answer, big man, but I don't sleep. <laughs> so good. Taker's right there, man. Right there with the same. Yeah, dude. Yeah, good, good answer, big man. I don't sleep. And I drove off and left him. And then he says that apparently two days later, so he waited for Big Show on the outside of the Death Valley. And two days later, Big Show, and I quote, came walking out of the desert with a snake necktie, lizard boots, carrying his Harley Davidson on his shoulder. <laughs> Can you? This is the days when I wish we had Instagram back then. <laughs> Can you imagine Taker took a selfie? <laughs> Lizard skin boots, a, a snake necktie, carrying Harley Davidson over his shoulder. <laughs> I mean, forget Snap. This could be a web series, like just a, a bonus series on the WWE Network. Just make a movie out of this, this week in the desert. Between Undertaker and Big Show, man. <laughs> so he, he says that, and he goes, well, the point of the story is, SummerSlam will now be known as Armageddon, and whoever shows up will be hurt. So. <laughs> How is that the point of the story? <laughs> I don't know. But the whole time, he's he's pacing around the ring. He's not standing still. He's pacing. He's He's got, you know, it's a sense of urgency. And again, this story is out of control. I mean, this is like fascinating like like oh when we got to God. see him building the caskets for the people back in like 92 93 like this is fascinating to me which is i don't know if he pulled it out of his butt like on the fly or if this was given to him by russo or what i have no idea but i do not care but i am ready for whatever's going to happen because oh, i love this absolutely <laughs> Dude, all i could think in my head while he was saying it though was like was dumb and dumber was just uh, Jeff Daniels being left alone to death and Jim Carrey rolling yeah. in on, on the yeah. scooter. I just want to picture Undertaker big show in those roles. That's what it reminded me of. You had two tanks of gas the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> oh, genius. Oh, so as if it couldn't get any but, weirder, 
Y2J, oh, yeah. Chris Jericho has the audacity to interrupt this incredible moment between Big Show and Undertaker here. Um, and he goes off on a rant. Uh, he talks about how boring these two guys are. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been forced to save this segment. And he says, Undertaker, you call yourself the personification of evil? I say you're the personification of boredom. The only thing scary about you two is the amount of TV time you get which causes the people to pick up the remote and change the channel looking for a hero. Well, stop changing the channel because your hero has arrived. And he calls them idiots since he's here to say the promotion. And then Taker has a fantastic, fantastic response. He makes fun of the peach fuzz on Jericho's chin and then <laughs> tells Jericho, I've had more shower time than you've had ring time, boy. <laughs> so if you interrupt me again, it'll be the end of you. And this was weird, man. Like it, I get they're, they're inserting Chris Jericho in a lot of different areas here, trying to, trying to get him over. And that's sort of his character. He's the savior of the WWF. And uh, he tells, he told the rock all last week, how boring he was and how he had to, how the ratings are falling and how he's got to save this company, but it uh, was just odd and it doesn't really go anywhere. No, it doesn't. And I wonder if that's because like, I remember Jericho's book. I can't remember if it was undisputed or, um, the one before that. Um, but anyway, he, he goes on record. I mean, he said on his podcast too, that like this promo got him in hot water with Taker, like legit, like for a shoot. He said that when he went backstage, even other people, but he said, Sean came up to him, Sean Michaels, Come up to him and said, "Look, I know you're doing what you're doing for your character, but you got to go apologize to Taker for calling him boring. He's because, because, and a lot of speculation I've read is because that segment did drag on, and on. we can look back in hindsight and love that promo he said about snake skin, and <laughs> uh, but like the crowd really wasn't in. You could hear boring chants sure. for part of it too, you know. So like to have an icon like Taker in there, kind of sinking, you know, um, and then to come out and call him boring, like." And I just, you know, I, I can only speculate that that bass in Taker's voice was legit when he's like, hey, boy, you know, and he's like, if you ever interrupt me again, it'll be your last time. That's a promise. Like, I may have been a shoot, a little shoot ski right there. So, yeah, Jericho got in some hot water this night, and uh, we can see that because his his push derails a little bit <laughs> coming up here. <laughs> Starts hanging out uh, with Howard Finkel shortly after this. So. <laughs> Curtis Hughes and, yeah, all kind of stuff. So, anyway, but, yeah, it's cool stuff, you know, uh I cannot recommend this promo that Taker gave. Oh, you, we'll, we'll put we'll put it up. It'll sure. be on our social media. It is it is incredible. Go back and watch it multiple times and dissect it. <laughs> uh, oh. X Pac and Kane are going to defeat the Acolytes in a pretty good match, setting up our SummerSlam matchup here later on in the show. The uh, mm-hmm. Acolytes are basically sore losers. They leave the champs laying after the match as Undertaker and Big Show. Scout things out from the top of the stage, and that's yeah. pretty much it. Uh, leading into the pay per view, uh, just to yeah. wrap things up, Hardcore Holly does give his big announcement later on in the show, and that is the debut of his cousin Crash, who comes to join him. And that was all involving Undertaker and Big Show this whole time, but ends up not really having anything to do with them. <laughs> yeah, the payoff has nothing to do with him. Nope. He said, you know, they pushed, they bat me in the corner. I got to do something tomorrow night. Well, here's tomorrow night, and he does something, but it has nothing to do with him. So, whatever. But you know, rest in peace, Crash Holly. It was fun while it lasted. You know, I really enjoyed his hardcore title run and stuff. So, we'll I'm not sure we'll talk about him too much more. But anyway, yeah. it was oh, fun while it lasted. Talented. But yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. it was 
It's good. And that brings us to heat. You know, right before SummerSlam, we got, um, you know, heat on August 22nd, 99. And it's, it is not your typical heat episode. It is, it's like there's no matches on it yeah. at all. It's, it's what nowadays we would call, you know, the pre-show. Except for the pre-show actually does have matches nowadays. So I don't know, man, but it's all video re- packages and recapping the feud and backstage promos. And, yeah, anyway, I don't know. Yeah, they, they take the night off heat here. It's uh, about to slip into definitely being the C-show role yeah. here as SmackDown is set to debut the Thursday following SummerSlam. So, uh, uh, you know, they, oh, that's they, right. yeah. they do a video package for this tag team title match, but that's, and they're going to replay that during SummerSlam. But uh, we can skip straight along to SummerSlam 1999. Yep. Our main event here uh, is took place, like you said, August 22nd, 1999 from Minneapolis, Minnesota in the Target Center, which is why we've got the governor of Minnesota at the time, WWE Hall of Famer Jesse the Body Ventura, uh, at the pay-per-view tonight, uh, not going to be involved in this match, although um, this is going to be not the main event or the second main event. It's going to be on third from the top, so a little bit further down the card than Undertaker has been lately, but still you know, pretty close there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be behind Billy Gunn and The Rock, uh, of all yeah. things. But uh, like we said, we've got X-Pac and Kane defending the tag team championships against The Big Show and The Undertaker here. Do you think any other people that play in a Predator movie will become governors of states? You know, yeah. Because Jesse Ventura and Arnold Schwarzenegger have. Maybe Carl Weathers. Maybe. <laughs> what the new Predator movie? Didn't they just have one come out recently? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I don't remember who's in it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. That's how great it did. Anyway, yeah. We got an out-of-body experience here. You know, like you said, this match is third from the top. We got the same video package from Heat playing before. Um... The match, it's a really good video package. Um, and before the match, though, uh, investigative journalist Michael Cole interviews the champs, which are X-Pac and Kane. And Kane, I mean, X-Pac cuts another one of those amazing impassioned promos. He's he's great. He talks with his hands the whole time. He doesn't do the whole Lex Luger point with his finger and thumb thing like Tony Giovanni. <laughs> mocks, but he talks with his hands the whole time. He's on it. He's you know He says that... He can take a whipping like he's never taken a whipping he can't get back up from and says that he and Kane are closer than Kane and Taker have ever been. So a little salt in the wound there, you know, breaking up the family. You know, that'll that'll definitely, uh, you know, not make Kane or excuse me, not make Taker happy. So, um, yeah, that brings us to the match. We've also got Kane debuting his alternate ring attire here. He's swapping mm-hmm. the colors here. Uh, he's got the primary black with the red. Very cool look uh, on him. Their intro, man, like I oh, love the mashup of their too. music. Yeah, their mashup of their music is great. And then when they get in the ring, if you, those of you who don't, I mean, everyone knows Xbox little entrance when he does the crotch chops and the X's shoot off behind him. And as he gets to the last one, Kane he raises his hands and pulls him down, and the fire shoots up from. It's just timed so well. Like, I, it's so cool, man. Like I forgot that was a little thing that they did, you know. And watching him back here was just, it was just awesome to see. You know, so fun. It was a nice little touch there. And King, yeah. the, the King Jerry Lawler has a nice little touch here with the line of the night early on as Undertaker and Big Show make their way to the ring with Paul Bearer. He says to JR, The tag team titles are up for grab. What do you think's got to be going through the mind of X-Pac right now? He's more nervous than a pizza on his way to Paul Bearer. <laughs> pizza what was that, <laughs> what was that hell has no pizza so you don't want to go oh, there yeah, that's right <laughs> that's a 
That's a little callback to an earlier episode. Come on now. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. This is good it's stuff, out of control. Uh, yeah, uh, man. So Taker, when Big Show come out with their you know, their music and Taker, as soon as he completes his entrance, gets in the ring. Dude, X-Pac is on him, you know, and Kane's on him. And it's just a, man, it's a sprint right out the gate. From you know, from, from the second the bell rings, and I mean, this sprint does not let up. It's this match isn't terribly long. It didn't need to be. It's awesome. No, it, I mean, this is one of the funnest matches we've covered, man. It was very fun. Uh, the build up helps with that, but the action in the ring helps a lot too. The crowd helps. They're all into it. Uh, all four of these guys as well. Uh, like you said, uh, it starts off with a sprint. Undertaker tosses X Pac. Out of the ring, yep. allowing uh, uh, him and Big Show to double team Kane. Uh, but then Kane sends Big Show out of the ring, and X Pac gets a crossbody off the top for a quick early uh, two count near fall there on Undertaker. And yeah, it's just, it's all action, man, all the way through. Oh, yeah, it is. Taker and Kane, or excuse me, Taker and X Pac are the legal men, and Taker's working his arm. Uh, X Pac gets a quick tag to Kane, and then we get some cheap shots while the ref is distracted, you know, even. Uh, Xbox getting cheap shots, you know, it's because everybody has shades of gray here, but the crowd loves it. And Xbox uh, attacks from the apron and gives Taker a suck it. And I don't know if Taker for a shoot didn't like getting that because that clothesline he gives him after that is so stiff, man. <laughs> I don't know. If, did you notice that? Yeah. Once he yeah. gets a suck it. Yeah, that clothesline is stiff, dude. Oh, it's so, so bad. <laughs> Uh, and uh, another thing I noticed, man, and this just seems so obvious. This is not a new observation, but God, Big Show really is enormous, man. He, yeah. He's in there, and maybe it's because Kane is so trimmed down here in this match, but he makes Kane look small or, or look like normal-sized dude. Yeah. He's beating up on Kane, and wow, he is just massive uh, at this point. But... It was fun to see three big guys in this match mm-hmm. who can move. Uh, I think you mentioned that earlier in the show when Big Show had that singles match with Kane. They're just working at a great pace here. It's not Great Kali or, or uh, Kurgan or some of these other big yeah. guys or even Andre the Giant. You know, <clears throat> Andre the Giant's you know an all timer, but never worked at this speed. Uh, not at least not in the WWF. No, and that's one thing too. I know that like Austin, when he breaks down matches psychology, he talks about you know usually you have a guy like Undertaker in there, you have a smaller guy to create the movement of the match. Well, they all help create the movement in the match. You know, it keeps things exciting, keeps it going. Like it's just crazy how to see all four of them kind of playing the that same role. You know, and it it works. They're not stepping on each other's toes or anything. But there's so much going on here. Um, Taker takes K, uh, X-Pac up for a choke slam on the outside, but Kane drags you know kind of saves X-Pac and brings him over the top rope and. Show comes running around and he eats a big boot. And um, Kane hits a top rope dive and clothes on. I don't even know who on at this point. <laughs> I'm so confused. But um, I think it's on Undertaker. Yeah. And then Show pulls him out for a two count. Taker gets to run in DDT, tags in Big Show, uh, big old chops, you know, choking and beating Kane on the mat. And then Jerry Lawler points out what I, what I kind of thought as well. Because I think in a match like this, you think they're going to work the heat on Xbox, get the hot tag to Kane, right? Well, it's like vice versa here. They're working the heat on Kane here. But again, again, they, they can all four interchange and play that that role here when it makes sense. There's no like, you know, Xbox, obviously the de facto tiny guy, but the rest of them could take the heat and, and get the hot tag. And it just works, man. I have no idea how to explain it, but it works. It so does work because uh, Kane does make that hot tag to Xbox. 
and takes mm-hmm. Taker down with a spinning heel kick and then uh, some yes kicks there in the middle of the ring. Yeah, the crowd gets excited for it, man. They're they're into him, but uh, they do the heat again as Big Show knocks him down as X-Pac runs into the ropes, and, and JR says, he, he's on commentary, he's like, I believe in X-Pac, I believe in Sean Waltman. So that was, you know, we heard <laughs> yeah. Kane call him Sean uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was just, uh, that you know, jumped out to me, man. He doesn't usually say stuff like that. That was kind of funny. Well, he had no, like, collegiate um, football career or anything to go back to, so he just has to use his real name. Just use his shoot name, yeah. Yeah. Um, is this the point in the match where I think Big Show throws X-Pac over the top rope, like, into the ring? They're on the outside, yeah, and he picks him up. Just tossing him around, like, yeah, off. Just press slams him, throws him into the ring. Um, Taker crotches X-Pac on the post back on the outside, and back in the ring, I think Show makes a tag, because he's legal now somehow. Again, the camera doesn't really catch it, but I think it's Big Show... And X-Pac, and Show misses an elbow on X-Pac, um, and then he catches him in a bear hug. And um, usually, bear hugs a slow down spot. Uh, uh, you know, uh, suck, let's suck some wind in and get some, and and kind of bring the match down. But they're not in it very long, and the crowd's into this bear hug, dude. Like, X-Pac works it, man. He yeah. doesn't just like lay there limp. He, he fights out of yeah. it. Man, he ends up biting Big Show's nose uh, <laughs> to get out of it, but Big Show uh. takes him right back down. Um, yeah. And show goes for a choke slam. Uh, Kane is able to block it here. Um, yep. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. Xbox hits a Death Valley blow on, yeah. <laughs> on the big show. Uh, and both guys make the hot tag here as we get uh, Taker tagging in and uh, Kane coming into the ring now, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. Xbox makes that hits that low blow, and Hebner's staring straight at him. He, t- he turns around <laughs> after the move and talks to Taker. And then when they make that hot tag, Taker gets in and he gets a, a kick, um, like like Rick Rick Flair style, almost from behind. And and when Hebner sees it, he's like, ooh, like he winces in pain, <laughs> kind of like Randy Orton did last year when he threw that Sing brother on the table. He's like, ooh, oh, yeah. like, that's that's what Hebner does. I'm like, what? Where's the DQ out here? But whatever, it's it's fine. This match is so fun, man. Um, yeah, Taker. At, at this point, Taker and Kane are in. So they got the hot tags here, and Taker's bumping and feeding like a small guy. Like you don't usually see him do that. You know, you usually see the other guys bump and feed, but he's bumping and feeding. I guess because he's the heel. But man, is golly, this is cool, man. I can't put over this match enough. We're not even done yet. We're almost we're closing in on the end here. But it's the best great. Taker's moved in a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. We're seeing it here. <laughs> uh, Xbox. Uh, comes back in, he knocks out Taker with a spinning heel kick, uh, knocks him out of the ring, but Taker does the perfect 10, so X-Pac goes over the top onto Taker, uh, Kane knocks Big Show down in the corner, X-Pac hits the Bronco Buster, but Taker is able to get the apron stunner on Kane to take the momentum, and then Big Show is going to hit a choke slam here on X-Pac to take us in to the finish. Yeah, he hits the choke slam on Xbox, but doesn't really get a, a a great cover, and Xbox kicks out. He covers him which, with one foot, just stands yeah, on top of him. Yeah, he just stands on him, and Xbox kicks out, and the crowd cannot believe it. I mean, they love it because at this point, had anyone kicked out of that? I mean, maybe Austin had. I don't know, but probably not. But I mean, certainly not a guy like Xbox. Yeah. So, but again, it's 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 actually a, a wonderful spot because it's a perfect piece of storytelling psychology because that you know he does that cocky cover. So Taker gets a little angry, tags himself in, wails away on X Pac, and then nails a tombstone and does the classic pose, pins X Pac at twelve minutes even. We've got some new tag team champions. 
We do, but one of them ain't happy. <laughs> no, he's not. Undertaker is not happy with Big Show. He argues with him, telling him he should have got, he should have went for the cover, uh, taking it more seriously there, not been so cocky. But Undertaker's not happy. But Paul Bear is very pleased to have a new belt yes. to uh, carry around again. He, he's excited as he's heading up the aisle, and yeah, this was this was very fun. I I remember you saying you enjoyed this run, and I was a little skeptical, man. I didn't remember it being as yeah. fun, but. <laughs> Dude, after this and after this whole buildup, I am very, very sad that this run got cut so short. Yeah, I know, man. I, I, like I said, I couldn't remember why I love this run so much between these two guys together, but just something about seeing them together, seeing how much they dominated everybody, the fact they were tag champs, and just, again, corporate ministry is freaking over. So thank God there's no more hanging and crucifying and or symbolizing and all that kind of nonsense, sending dirty pictures of each other. It's just, it's over. It's more serious. He's, he's realistic. You know, he's telling great fairy tales about the desert. It's awesome stuff. So yeah, I uh, can't recommend this match enough. It's a, such a great change of pace from what we've seen with him recently and what we've seen in this podcast. I think our fans can probably tell we're more interested in this than we have been in a while. So. Oh. Absolutely. This was the most fun I've had on this podcast is <laughs> no, I mean, I have fun every week doing it, uh, but this was, this was a breath. But you of mean the build up and stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah. Watching all this stuff, uh, going through yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I would recommend this match, especially if you don't remember it and their run, uh, undertaker and big shows run it together. Uh, definitely check it out. Check out some of this stuff on, on raw and Sunday night heat as well. I think you will be entertained and I don't know, man, this mm-hmm. This one might have just crept into my top ten of this era. To uh, me too, man. Give a tease for next week, as yes, this is it, man. This is the final match of this run of the Undertaker's career uh, because he's not going to make it to the September pay per view. He's going to be forced out uh, due to injuries, even though he was scheduled for a match on that pay per view. And you know, our gimmick for this show is covering every pay-per-view match of the undertaker's career so we're not going to see him on pay-per-view until king of the ring 2000 so we're going to take our biggest time jump yet on this show to get to that and of course as everyone listening to this knows that's going to be the debut of the next evolution of the undertaker's character the biker taker character that four-year era of his career so before we get to that though uh, you know, we have just loved this era so much, and man, I, I feel like this was a great return to form, but the yes. whole Ministry of Darkness era was such just a cloud over the show. We need to wrap up this era in, in a more fun fashion. We need to go back to the glory days. So on next week's Talking Taker, we are going to have a bit of a bonus episode here. We're going to go to the Coliseum Video archives yet again and cover his original Coliseum video. It's called The Face of Fear. It is available on the WWE Network, so you can go into the vault section and the home video classics. It's not He Buries Them Alive. We did that one uh, a few months ago. 
It's not the Paul Bear hits from the crypt. That's a totally different thing. It is called Undertaker, The Face of Fear. I think it's in 1994 on July 5th, 94. Okay, yeah. yeah. And it's got some really fun hidden gem Undertaker matches, a bunch of Coliseum video exclusives, a couple matches we've already covered on there, but uh, there are some uh, Coliseum video exclusives, some guys we haven't had a chance to talk about ever on this show, like Adam Bomb. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, well, we have talked about Crush, but he's on there as well. Uh, who else is on there? I know you just watched it. Oh, we got we got Johnny Polo from Commentary, which is going to be a freaking breath of fresh air, man. It's so great. I cannot recommend it. I can't wait to get to next week and talk about that. So, good stuff, man. Yeah, if you good haven't stuff. seen it, uh, it's just an hour, I think. Uh, and it, yeah, it's it, like fifty four minutes or something. It blows by really fast. It's fun. I believe it's hosted by Paul Bearer as well. So it's going to be a, a great return to form and and a throwback to that era that we started off talking about. And we're going to bury the dead man. We will also tie up the loose ends that we didn't have, that we don't have a chance to talk about anywhere else. So we'll wrap up his final few TV appearances and how the character is written off of TV here. Uh, it's gonna we're gonna see another incredible moment that the Undertaker is responsible for. Uh, tangentially here, we've talked about him being responsible for. Mr. Sacco for Triple H's Sledgehammer for the formation of DX. There's another one on next week's episode that you're not going to believe. And mm. we're also going to share our top 10 matches of this era. Top 10 pay-per-view matches that we've covered from this era. I've got my list. Travis has got his. So we're going to share those with you guys, see where they might intersect, uh, try to figure out what the best match of these first 61 episodes is so we would love to hear from you creatures of the night do you have a top 10 what is what are the best matches of this pay-per-view run from survivor series 1990 to SummerSlam 99 and what did you think of this one because uh it might have cracked my top 10 it's close man i don't know it's it's right on the edge i'm gonna have to i might have to reevaluate after talking about it here yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and reassess mine and, and kind of put mine in the right places. But this one's fun. It's 12 minutes. It's a, it's a fast 12 minutes. It's a blast. It's awesome. Yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, you guys, let us know what you think. What are your top 10 matches that we've covered um, here? Um, you yeah, know, we, we just, it's just interesting because yeah, like you said, we're gonna put the dead man to rest and get the bike taker out. Uh, starting the episode after next week, and uh, we'll we'll go from there, and then we'll see we'll see the dead man again. And we have oh, a special will. story. We have a special story about that when he comes back. So, yeah, hang on to your, hold on to your butts. That's what Samuel <laughs> Jackson would say. Well, hit us up on social media at Talking Taker on all those different platforms. <clears throat> Subscribe to the podcast if you never have before to get delivered right there as soon as it comes out. Give us a rating and some comments if you don't mind. We love your feedback, and we definitely want to hear about that. Send us whatever we missed over these first 61 episodes. If there's just something yeah. we totally forgot to talk about or totally whiffed on, if you've got a story from one of these pay-per-views that we haven't shared before, we'll we'll throw it all in there on uh, next week's episode. And uh, we would just love for you, again, uh, it, it means a lot for you to listen. If you've got people out there that just love that Biker Taker era, man, tell them to hop on. Now. Now's the time to hop on and get invested in it. Uh, if they want to go yep. through the archives, that's great. But if they want to start anew, it's coming. We're, we're going to kick that off in two weeks here on the podcast. But we're going to have this little uh, bonus show for you next Friday. And speaking of bonus, man, I cannot put over one of our one of our favorite listeners, Randy Turco. He he, you know, last week on an episode we mentioned having our 
federations on our you know with our wrestling figures and our federations with our um you know our smackdown and, and raw games and no mercy and stuff and he tweeted us and showed us that this dude took it to a whole another level brother this guy had dvds that he would record them on and he printed it out stuff and he gave copies to his friends and this was well into his college year so we were not the only <laughs> ones so thank you randy for making us feel not like a bunch of morons and he also cannot believe he is married and has a child now so well so yeah thanks to our lovely wives who look past all of this nerdy stuff and uh, or maybe just don't even know about it <laughs> My wife didn't know me at this point. My That's wife, true. So she had to That's true. <laughs> I had to go to a different state to find her. So anyway, um, yeah, man, those of you out there, you know, you got some stuff I had to share with us, please do. If you were there this night at the, in Minneapolis at the Target Center, please let us know. What are your thoughts about this? How fun did you think it was? Are you excited the corporate ministry is over? And ladies and gentlemen, we got two words for you, and it's not Kane's first two words. It is just take her easy. You don't need this damn thing anymore. Come on. Let's hear it without this thing. Come on! Can't believe this. Payne's got two words for us. Fuck yeah.